Table for Thursday, the 4th of January 2024. This is the first podcast for the year. So, Happy New Year to all the listeners out there, and hopefully, it's a fruitful one for us on the punt this year. Um, usual structure, weekend review, two obvious horses to follow. We'll touch on a few races down there at the Gold Coast. Um, we've got a few there at Geelong who I'm quite keen on. We won't touch much on Randwick given the fact that the only horse that I was quite keen on has had a jockey change and KMAC has now been booked so I'm going to be looking elsewhere. Um, i got some Friday tips and then we've got some, a new thing that uh, a couple of listeners gave me feedback on and they want a $100 strategy. So I'll touch on that a little bit more towards the end of the podcast but essentially it is how I would spend $100 if I was to bet right now at this minute. So these are, these will be a few little bets in my staking plan and we'll see how we go. So weekend weekend in review. So I only had the one bet. I had a three and a half unit play there on Tamerlane at four dollars fifty. So it returned quite a good weekend, nice profitable weekend. Um, the only reason why I didn't have any more bets was that impending weather that we spoke about there. And as you can see, the Gold Coast and Brisbane really copped, and then the Sunshine Coast also. Um, I was also at a catch up with some friends for between Christmas and New Year's, so my time was with them. Um, I did manage it good, funnily enough, to catch the Tamerlane race, which was fantastic. Um, in terms of Midtown Boss, which was a New Year's Day tip, I thought he was enormous in that uh, Flemington 1100-meter race, I think it was. I uh, beat Mornington Glory, who's a horse I've got a great opinion of. Um, he's going to go into bigger and better things. I think he's a really good horse. He's a strong horse, and he can carry weight. So it's a really, really big positive thing. Uh, my girl, Daya, she ran really well in the 1700-meter race there. Um, I think it was race four or five. Uh, Craig Williams wrote her a treat. She copped some pressure and she kicked on the band and she was just beaten by horses who had more economical runs and, and bigger turns of foot. Excuse me. So she'll head now to a 2,000 metre race. We've got a couple in mind uh, between the 19th and the 25th of January. So just keep an eye out for her. They'll all be over around the 2,000, 2,100 metres. Um, I made mention of Hatchet in the last there, who I thought was really good. Um the horse is in for a great prep. He has a perfect, like a really, really good record at the track and distance. Handles all going. I thought Navis 2 was poorly ridden, and you don't hear often hear me say that about a Blake Shin ride, but I th- I don't think the horse would have won it with a better ride at all, but I thought he would have certainly finished higher up in the order if given a better ride. Um, the Nudgy Stakes produced Lady Laguna. It was a rinse and repeat of the, the first up run where she came up the rails. Uh, Chinny Boom, she proved that she can run a strong 1,200 metres, and Camaraderos was just too far back. Um, the Vaux Rogue, that result did not make uh, the three-year-old guineas any easier to pick because they just keep knocking off each other. thought Show Me Mercy was backed in, um, was very poor in the soft, and going back and looking at it, I don't think it ran a strong 1350 in the end, um, despite me having those um, initial thoughts. Chrysler was good, but Safrado was better. Um, Safrado has now, funnily enough, beaten him three out of three times and actually has an SP better, has a worse SP than him as well. 
Uh, I guess that's the the Waller versus Rex lip factor. Um, I'm hoping something can come out this weekend in the three-year-old races that can jump out at me for this race because I think it's so open and it's likely that I'm probably not going to have a bet in it next weekend if this is what we're going to be seeing. In terms of horses to follow Midtown Boss, like we spoke about, I think he's going places. I think he's going to be stakes great eventually. Like I said, carries big weight, uh, handles the straight, and he's a big, strong horse. And the other one is Boom Talk. So Boom Talk, um, I spoke about that in in the preview or the, the Oracle last week, and I really liked him heading into that race. But then I heard Maddie Dunn talked to Steve Hewlett on Saturday morning saying that the horse wasn't 100% fit and that they wanted to see him run well in this, but not necessarily win it. So as you can see, he was carrying the big weight with Jimmy Orman on board. Um, I thought he was enormous. He copped a lot of interference from um, the eventual winner. And as a result of that, they launched a protest, which was always going to be dismissed given the margin between first and third. But I thought he was enormous, and that run will give him immense benefit heading into his second up run. So keep an eye out for him next weekend because I know that I think pretty sure Matty Dunn said he was heading that way because I think he's going to be a great chance. Now, this weekend, we've got the Gold Coast Wave Day down there at the GC, and then we've got a couple of great little listed races there at Geelong, which is awesome to, to follow, because I really like Geelong as a punting track. I've, I've had a lot of luck there in the past. So the races that we'll touch on there at the Gold Coast is the Rate 7, the Wave, and Race 9, the Magic Million Star Plate for Colts and Geldings, and that is it. Then we'll go to Geelong. We'll touch on race six, race seven, race 10 there. And then we'll give her out the Friday tips and that $100 strategy. So we'll go to the wave first. So the, the tab wave is an 1800 meter, three year and four year old uh, wait for age race. Now it's a really good, um, it's a really good field this year. And I, I really like a couple of horses in this and I'm, I found it quite hard to bet into. So speed map wise, I've got Zoe's Promise will likely kick up from barrier five and take up the running with Sacred Mission rolling across from uh, to sit just outside it. Now Arts Objects are good, um, good gate speed last start in a BM65 over the 1800 meters, I think it was at the sunny coast. So the likelihood is it'll probably be in the first few pairs there as well. And then you've probably got uh, most of the other horses kind of finding their spots. So we'll touch on market order. So Zoe's Promise gets the best jockey of leaders on board, which is great. Draws really nicely, um, which are two really positive things for her. Um, she also has arguably probably the best form lines of any horse coming into this race with a 1.4 length second to Lecvate, one of my girls last start. She beat home Aristonius um, the start before by 0.3 of a length. And they're... Uh, um, Previous start, who's a horse that I think is progressive. And then second up was 0.3 of length off Lecvate again. Now, the only concern I have for her is extending past the mile. She's, um, I think she's only been past it once, which is a Flemington run where she was comfortably beaten. So the worry for her is that. Um, she did give a really nice kick last start. Um uh, at the top of the bend there at Gosford. Um, and I think if you look at the track structure, it, Gold Coast is quite a similar track. So I think given the fact that she's going to have Tim Clark aboard, I think she's a good chance. Excuse me. Um, the Vows, now I loved his run last start, was off midfield, peeled wide, copped a little interference when making his run um, from acquitted, trying to barge his way through the run. Um, and he hit the line, re the line really nicely. Now, 
here. I think this trip is right within his wheelhouse, and I think he's probably an 1,800-meter to 2,000-meter horse at best. Um, and I, the only concern I have is that I think the barrier is quite sticky, is I think he'll most likely have to go all the way back. We've then got Madame Odette, who steps up from a Class 3 to set weights and penalties race here. Um, I think given her run, she's up to it. Princess Rainer's Frank the Form last week and came out and won, won the shootout over 20, I think the 2020 meters there. Um, her last start was awesome. She was about four wide coming around the bend and then she kicked on it. And I think um, she's got that great foundation now with an 1800 meter run under her belt and Benny Thompson sticks and she's drawn really nicely in barrier four. Then got Encoder, who his run in the Grand Prix was was simply awesome to witness. He was out the back, came down the outside, and was just simply too good for him. I think that's six that you can see in his form guide at the Doombin on the 2nd of September over 2,000 metres. I think you can be forgiven of that, given the fact that it was on a soft seven. I think this guy absolutely hates wet going, and I think he's just going to be a, a horse that loves good tracks. Um... I think if it's dry on Saturday, I think I'm hoping he can sit a little bit closer, but I do have concerns with him dropping back from the 2,100 metres to the 1,800 metres. But again, Lee Friedman, I can't question him. He's one of the master trainers and probably a Hall of Fame. I'm not sure if he is, is or not, but I think he's a ripping chance of getting in there if he isn't, um, given his history of some of the some of the greats. But I think with the 53 kilos for encoder and, and drawing in, I think they can kind of push up a little bit further with the fitness under the belt and probably give this race a shake. So I think those four horses that I just spoke about, I think it'll be one by one of those four horses. Um, I'll likely probably pen Zoe's promise given the fact that I don't think she'll run a strong 1800 meters with a bit of pressure. I think the vows I can probably put a pen through due to the barrier, which leaves me with Encoder and Madame Odette. Now, you look at both of them, they're around the 5, 5.50 mark. I think they're both great chances. Um, it's just up to you for what you want to pick. All right, so now we'll go to race nine there, which is the Magic Million Star Plates. This is a class four, so this is for Colts and Geldings. Um, speed map here, I have a good amount of speed expected. Uh, this is a capacity field, as you can see. So a lot of these horses will probably be on the quick backup into the three-year-old guineas if they are of age. Now, speed map, I have the King probably leading. He led up a field, of uh, BM68 field at Wyong over the 1,200 metres last start and blitzed them. Now, I think from Barrier 6, he can probably do that. Daytona, let's go, bro. Storm the Fortress, Baroque Road, um, and Silent Star. And even Standing Order, probably from the wide alleys, will likely roll forward and set quite a decent tempo. Now, I'll touch on market order. So the King, I thought Rory Hutchings' ride last start there at Wyong in that, in that BM68 was simply awesome to watch. He took him to the front, carried the big weight, market support him into $1.55, and he was just too good. Now, he does have some good form lines coming to the, into this, but the 460 about a horse who meets his toughest test easily is a bit short for me. We've then got Baroque Road, who came out and won a nice three- and four-year-old race at Ballarat on that heavy going, knocking off a little deep, who, funnily enough, was um, really pushed by Dave Eustace, saying it'll handle the heavy, but the stable mate obviously won that day. Now, a little deep has come out uh, last weekend and won with authority there at the Mooney Valley. Um, now, this horse has carried big weight before, so I wouldn't be stressed by the 60 kilos on the back, and Jamie Mott's a really good rider of heavy tra um, heavy uh, um, horses. Or him being a heavy rider, sorry, a heavyweight rider. Uh, now, the trial of Baroque Road on the 22nd of December was very, very nice there at Warwick Farm. 
he kind of sat just behind the speed and he went up the rails and just went through the line really untested with Mad Darcy, the, the one that was really under hard riding to finish over the top of him. Now, we've got Warby here. Now, Warby is absolutely airborne at the moment. Now, I don't think he was a moral beaten by any chance in the in the gateway, but he was ducking and weaving his whole way through the straight to really try and find a run. And when he finally uh, got clear, the race was gone. Now, that race was won by Dream Hour, but if you go back and look at the form, he beat home Freedom Rally, who then came out and won at his next start and then ran second in the buffering last weekend against open-class horses. All right. You've then got the Vows, who's now favoured to win the uh, the wave in race seven, uh, or, or second favourite. And then you look at uh, was second or sorry third to Midnight in Tokyo. Arguably should have run beaten him home, who came out and won last week. So this race is actually producing a lot of winners. Now him at ten dollars, I think it's a ridiculous price, and we'll touch on that a little bit later in the t- in the hundred dollar strategy. <clears throat> now, Deep Respect backs up from the Voro last week where the market loved him. Now, I think he opened around the $9.50, $10 mark and it was backed into $5 late with a $5 SP, I think. Now, it was no match for the trifecta, but I thought he was quite game in defeat. I think this field is a step up from him, um, but the odds suggest that. Now, Shah of Goma was a moral beaten there on the 16th of December over the 1,400 metres there. I think it was at Eagle Farm. Uh, yeah, at Eagle Farm. Um, Orman would have probably loved to have that ride again. He was parked in just behind the first three and run, and he just could not find a gap. Now, he once he got clear, he absolutely rocketed the line to only go down by a length of Light of Boom, who um, had the run of the race. Um, and then we've got Lavish Girl, who's one of my black bookers after his run over the 1,100 there at Warwick Farm on the Heavy 10. Now, I thought he was enormous navigating his way through the field to just go down by the barest of margins. Um, I had quite a decent bet on him that day, so I was quite shattered. Um, gets a massive jockey upgrade. Not that Jet Stanley's not a great rider, but Josh Parr is a senior rider. He drops three kilos from that. And But interestingly enough, in his form guide, he was beaten soundly by Silent Star in October over the 1,200 metres with J-Mac on board. So I think if we're to get some unexpected rain and we're in the heavy, I think Lavish Empire is a great bet. But outside of that, if you go back and look at his form, he's had four starts on the good for a second and a third. And I think he's better suited over soft and heavy going. So betting strategy here, if I had to have a bet, which I probably will be on the weekend, I think Warby is a ridiculous price and worth an each-way play. We'll now touch on Geelong there on Saturday, so just scrolling through. So the rails are in the true there. Sorry, I didn't even touch on the weather there at the Gold Coast. Um, so weather there at the Gold Coast. So this is the second meeting we've had back on the turf there since the renovation. Rails are in the true. We're expecting some light showers on Friday and Saturday, but nothing crazy um, and not super hot temperatures. So I don't. I expect the track to probably be a good four soft five on race day. Now, just take note, anyone who's been interstate, uh, Gold Coast copped an absolute battering over the Christmas and New Year period, particularly the New Year period. So the track was a soft seven when I looked at it this morning. Um, but let's just wait and see what happens. But given the fact that they've done a huge renovation, it's going to really test how good the drainage is there. All right, so now we go to Geelong. So the rail's in the true weather, beautiful weather, mid-teens to, to mid-20s there with sunny weather Friday, Saturday. So good for expected and really, really good racing. 
So races, we're going to touch on five, six, seven, and 10. So the first one we're going to touch on is race five. Now, I don't actually have an opinion in this race, um, but it's a it's a ripper. So this is a three-year-old handicap over the 1,100 meters. And in my opinion, it's probably one of the races of the day at Geelong, given the surprise factor of it. Now, we've got two horses here at the top of the market who've just won maidens albeit in very nice fashion very good time and then we've got a horse like get along who's put together three wins on the trot stepping up and grade really nicely so like i said i've got no opinion in this race but if you look at a lot of these horses it's going to be really good to see so this car i think it's carbonados uh he's making his having his debut here in australia after absolutely romping home by a good margin i think it was about five lengths maybe even more uh, on the heavy 10 there in new zealand now he looks to have settled in perfectly here for the hayes boys if you go and watch his jump outs they're just super professional so i think he's a really really promising three-year-old gelding we then got trapeze warrior who was back very confidently on debut there at cranburn and julie saluted now that race is rated enormous um it's a pity we didn't get to see him uh amerigo man who was the horse that ran second to him in that race with a monster gap back to third by far 4.5 lengths back and uh from second to third so the race is rated awesome so he's another one who's going to be a really good chance and then we've got get along like i said who's who's um, stepping up through grades really nicely um, I can't separate those top two, but I think it's going to be really impressive to watch them go around. Carbon, this Carbonos has opened around the $3 mark and it's already into $2. And Trapeze uh, Warrior opened around the 480 mark and he's around just around the $4, just under that mark now. So both have been met with early support. So one would suggest that they're, they're probably going to continue to trim in coming to Saturday. So just watch that run and hopefully we've got two superstars in the rising going to be battling it out down the straight we then go to race six there which is a bm84 over the 1100 meters um speed map i think there's a good amount of speed there in this race with keen enough milton park poland japanese emperor and zach de boss all setting a good tempo um simply put i think ray magiro is a, a moral in this race he brings the best form line talking off mornington glory who we spoke about with with midtown boss Kin, who went around his favourite at Mooney Valley last start. I think he's a very progressive horse. His jump outs, uh, he's had two jump outs over the 800 metres, and they've been both been great. Jai's riding very well at the moment. I think with the speed engaged, then you park up midfield, and I think coming down the outside, it'll just be too good. Excuse me. Uh, Ritz Fortune looks probably the only danger, in my opinion. Um, he's a good horse, but I just, um, I just think... Uh, so she's a good horse, but I just think Ray, Magirio, um, Ray Magnerio is just a better horse. And I think the the two, oh, what are we at now? 2.30. So we've been met with a, oh, geez, I've just looked at it now. So when I was looking, it was 2.50. So now around the 2.30, two, $2 mark, really. Jesus. All right, so there's been a fair bit of market support since um, I did the form. We then go to race seven there. Now, this is another BM84. This one's over 1,400 metres now. So this is a very good race, and I think some very three very much informed horses. So speed map-wise, I think my boy Birmingham will probably uh, knows only one way, and he'll likely lead up this field with Pau Dioro, Dubai Pold, and Toronto Terrier. I think can probably cross with, with early gate speed and probably sit a couple of pairs back off the fence. Now, Brun King, uh, that was Con's tip from Ballarat Cup Day on the heavy nine. He sat off the speed set by Atmosphere, kicked on the round the band and relished the heavy going. He, was a, he has a great second up record. He's had to win on the good, which is a bit of a query for me. And I don't like seeing horses go from very heavy decks to, to good decks. Is it kind of like, um, 
I think they're flattered sometimes, those horses that really perform in the heavy decks. But he's only had one start at it, and that was in maiden grade over 1,400 metres. So again, it's it, he's never seen a good deck. So I'm, whether Henry Dye just places him well in soft and heavy going, or it's just been luck of the draw, I'm not sure. Um, now, there was a huge gap back to third in that Rogue Rocker race, so the race has rated quite well. We then go to Baldino. So um, the win in this grade uh, over the 1,200 metres rated enormous last start. Now, Mr. Exclusive came out on New Year's Day and ran in the, un- in the listed uh, Chester Manifold, I think it's called, and ran really nicely. Now, he did finish fifth, but he finished off great. So that suggests to me that this form line's quite good. Now, the only concern I have for Boldinho is um, whether he's going to be strong late over the 1,400 metres, having only been um, part, well, he's been he's never been past 1,300 metres in his career. And of those 1,300 metre runs, he's only had one win. So he also loses Dylan Brown McMonagall, who's a very, very handy Irish jockey, and gets Tatum Bull, who's not the strongest of riders. Um, now, the big weight doesn't worry me too much. It's just the 1,400 metres and the jockey that he that he has. We've then got Toronto Terry as the wide alley to navigate and does Jai take him back or try and position up in the first few? Now, he's absolutely flying this prep and I personally think the 1,400 metres is his pet trip where he has a really sound record. Betting-wise, great race. Um, I'm probably not going to have a bet in this race, but it's going to be a really good race to watch. Now, take note, there are a couple of horses in here that could run some good races, um, but I think it's, it's going to come out of those four. All right, so now we move on to race 10, which is the BM70s for fillies and mares over 1,400 metres. Now, this is a really good quality race for up-and-coming mares. So speed map-wise, I think there's a lot of pace influences and the horses who like to sit up on the speed or just off it. So I think Yellow Sam will be likely sit really handy from the inside draw. I think Flower Moon, the Marg Factor, Sisterhood will all likely push forward um, with most of the others just kind of finding their spot from where they where they jump. So running by comes out of a very strong win in a BM78 grade last start after running second to south of Houston the start before. Now that was one of our five unit plays at Mooney Valley a couple of weeks ago, which ended up flopping. So just take note that the horse hasn't done that well. Now in that uh, last start win, he did get caught in the ruck and did require some aggressive riding there from Dylan Brown McMonagall before finishing off really nicely. Now he does drop back in grade and is subsequently obviously penalized with that large weight increase now barrier 13 is a bit sticky for the horse and the weaker rider does also worry me so we'll be carrying 60 kilos hmm i've got question marks and i, I do wonder why the horse is starting favorite We've then got Sisterhood, who's been absolutely fantastic in both her runs this prep. Um, I think she's actually going to take a power of beating in this race. Um, her first up run was awesome, beating off point, uh, Who Dares by point two of length, who actually came out and just went down in that listed Chester Manifold on New Year's Day. Um, she obviously went from a BM64 grade there at the Valley uh, last start, where she was just simply too good. Um, was given a peach by Celine Gowdry, who stays with her. And I think, given the fact that the market loved her, wouldn't surprise me to see her start favourite come at race day. Then got Yellow Sam, who was smashed in betting first up in a BM78 there at the Valley. I think he was 480 into 380 late, suggesting that um, she was ready to go. So has a good second up record and will probably will be suited over the 1,400 metres. Personally, rides regularly there for, for Lindsay Smith and has drawn the nifty in barrier two. 
We've then got Fire of Etna. So if you go back and watch her race on racing.com, her BM64 win at Seymour was really good. Now, she was three wide with cover. Um, the on-pace is really quite a benefit in this race uh, with Prancing Spirit kicking away. Now, that was the horse that ran second. Um, now, Fire Retina really knuckled down under the um, aggressive riding there from Billy Egan, and her fast, I guess, 200 metres was really good. So her second up record, one from one, and she's got a two from two distance record. So I think given the fact she's drawn barrier five, I think she can sit a lot handier and run just behind that speed. She does keep Billy Egan and gets weight relief on a lot of the others at top of the market, carrying 58 kilos versus uh, 60 kilos and, and 59 and a half. We've then got Miss Passion. Now, I'm convinced this girl is a good horse. Um, I loved her first up win there over the 1,100 metres there at Bendigo before she was um, she was beaten uh, comprehensively by Sisterhood. Um, but if you go back and watch the race, Billy Egan rode Miss Passion last uh, behind there. She, was, she had the rail run. She sat behind Sisterhood, and then she was trying to come out to the outside where the, the superior ground was. And then she was kind of bumped back in by Little Miss Gusta. And then she had to come up the inferior ground. And she only went down... Um, by by a decent margin to sisterhood but she does meet sisterhood five and a half kilos better from that run so with the claim of heifer uh, we can see that miss passion will be carrying 53 and a half and as you can see sisterhood's likely to carry 59 and a half so i think the barrier is really good from barrier nine i think she can let the speed battle happen and just um get clear air coming down the bend i think she's going to be a good chance We've then also got Frenchman's Bay, who I just honestly can't see why running by is favourite in this race and Frenchman's Bay is double it in the market. So I thought uh, Frenchman's Bay run behind running by was was enormous. Um, Running by now goes up from 56 to 60 kilos, gets an inexperienced apprentice, and Frenchman Boy goes from 56.5 to 58 kilos. So you go back and look at that uh, beaten margin of 0.2 of a length, sorry, 0.5 of a length, and I think you can make a discrepancy that Frenchman's Bay might, you, you have these kind of race conditions, and Frenchman's Bay might have won. So loves the distance, Frenchman's Bay. Bit of an awkward draw from Barrier 10 about where the horse ends up. Um, but I think it's a good chance. Um, now, I think this is a terrific race to watch. It's because of there's so many live chances, um, I'm not willing to bet. But if I had to have a bet, I'd have some small stakes on Miss Passion and Fire of Etna. And if you see any kind of market support for Sisterhood, I'd be backing her as well. Excuse me. Now, as I said, Randwick, nothing. Kmac was booked for Legio 10, which I think is in race 8. Loved this run last start. Did Harry have Nash on board? Nash has jumped off to ride. I think Kinlock or uh, one of the Lee's horses. So this race has just graded me up seeing that jockey booking, so I'm not super keen. Now, in terms of a Friday tip, I've got two for you. Um, I've got Canterbury Race 6. There's a horse by the name of Bangetta. Uh, I thought it was enormous at Scone there on the 19th of the 12th against the track pat in the day, which was very favourable to those up on speed. Um, has the 1,400-metre run under the belt keeps the blinkers, has drawn really nicely to sit just off the speed. And I think she's a very progressive horse, and I think she can go through the grades and knock off this open-class field. Um, the danger does look for me to be Cirebon, who was another who ran against a pattern on the same day there at Scone, albeit over 1,300 metres, not the 14. Does got three kilos for that run and does step up 250 metres instead of um, the 150 that you're seeing with Bangetta. 
Um, the the concern for me though is Sarah Ryan is absolutely flying at the moment. Her stable just keep going. Um, and I think when you're looking at the race, I think Mayor of Mount Buller shouldn't be favourite. And I think you're just paying the J-Mac tax for that. The other one that I like is Cranbourne Race 4, a horse by the name of Sparkling. Simply put, I think she's better than this Friday night maiden grade. If you can get around a ninety late, take it. If not, just let it go around and, and just keep an eye on her progressing through the grades because I think she's better. Now, this brings me to the new segment, the $100 strategy. So, got a bit of feedback from, from two listeners here. Now, they want to hear how I would stake a race or what I would be doing if I was to bet right now and I was given $100. So, my $100 strategy would be $40 on Ray Magnerio there at Geelong Race 6 at $2.50. I'd then be having $30 on Yvette in Canterbury race three tomorrow night at around the two, I think it's about 270 mark. I'll just confirm for you. Uh, yeah, 270 mark. I did have $20 on Bangetta there at Canterbury race six for Friday. And then I'd have $10 on Warby Gold Coast race nine. So how I'd look at it, one one of them gets up and essentially I've broken even. Two of them gets up, I profit. All four of them get up, I'm laughing. So that's how I would be staking a $100 strategy if that's something that you do. Obviously, I still follow my unit staking and, and that's probably the most effective strategy for me. But for, for your standard punter who's probably got $100 to spend or $50 to spend, this is how I'd approach it. So good luck with that. Um, I won't be counting these in part of my unit staking. Um, unless, of course, they are part of my unit strategy when I do my weekend of review. But I'm intrigued to get everyone's feedback there on the $100 strategy and whether they want it to stay or whether to brush it. Well, anyways, hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. Stay dry if you, you are getting some wild weather wherever you are. And we will be back next Thursday for Magic Millions, one of my favorite punting days on the racing calendar. Anyways, hope everyone has a good one. Talk to you soon.